Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Through the Years podcast. I am your host, Anthony Bruno, and this past weekend saw the return of IndyCar with the Grand Prix of Long Beach and NASCAR at the Paperclip, and we will take you through both of those races here in this episode, and we're going to start in California with the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, one of the crown jewels in the IndyCar calendar. The Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach has a storied history within the series, and this one was another chapter in that story. It was probably the quietest race on the IndyCar calendar so far this year. There was less action and chaos, but that didn't mean it wasn't a good race. It was a more strategic affair than, let's say, Texas or St. Petersburg. But... It was still a good race in the end, and fuel strategy did play a big factor with the end of the race seeing Roman Grosjean with 153 seconds of push to pass, but only being able to use about 30 seconds of that because of the fuel number he was meant to hit and how much fuel they had before the end of the race. So it was quite an interesting race, very strategy heavy and did rein in the drivers a little bit, but overall still pretty good. We saw Kyle Kirkwood take his first career IndyCar victory at the streets of Long Beach, and he drove an absolute masterclass. No mistakes from him, very strong performance, was nailing all everything that he needed to nail in that race. From his execution out in the league and the la- in the lead and the lack of mistakes to how he was handling the green flag pit stops and more specifically his outlap on cold tires with the freshly pitted field coming in behind him and guys like Romain Grosjean and Joseph Newgarden on on fresher tires closing in. He was able to manage that tricky outlap and then be able to put himself in a position where even with significant more time of push to pass, his teammate Roman Grosjean was not able to overtake him and he was able to take the victory. On the topic of his teammate, two of his teammates were able to do very well in this race and it was a great bounce pack weekend for Andretti Autosport with a first, second, and fourth for the team with the only guy not finishing within the top five, being Delvin DiFrancesco. And on the topic of him, we'll start with some of the unfortunate runs on the weekend. There was DiFrancesco, but there was also Pato Award, who got himself into quite a few kerfuffles in this race. Firstly, getting into an incident with Scott Dixon that took him out of the race. And then later on, getting in, into an incident, trying to, I believe, dive bomb. He was either Joseph Newgarden or Marcus Erickson. And no, it was, I th- believe it was Newgarden and ended up spinning himself out. And then he fell back into the field and was never able to recover from that. And then the last one of the poor runs for the weekend was Calamilot. Now, Eilat running a decent race until he smacked the wall early on and got a puncture. Then, after said puncture, um, 
he had got into a bit of an, a situation where he uh, came out of the pits ahead of his teammate, Augustin Canapino, and he was trying to stay only one lap down. Canapino was trying to stay on the lead lap, and the whole situation kind of put Canapino in an unfortunate situation that ended up snowballing into him being out of the race and multiple laps down when he did finally get back on track. So, it was an unfortunate situation. I will say, whatever happened on track does not give any excuses for the vitriol that Calamirot received on social media afterwards. Um, please, guys, keep it civil. I understand there may be drivers you like out there, but there's no need for that. Please. So, but let's get on to the good runs of the weekend. Like I mentioned before, Roman Grosjean finishing second. His second straight runner-up finish at the streets of Long Beach. He definitely had the pace to win, and if it wasn't a fuel strategy finish or fuel strategy race towards the end, I think those 150 seconds of push to pass would have been hard for Kirkwood to handle. Next up is Marcus Erickson, who had a very strong run and had to make some overtakes to get up onto the podium, but it was well-earned from the Swede. And then finally, rookie Marcus Erickson, or Marcus Armstrong, excuse me, with an 8th place finish, strong run for him, good finish under the Chip Ganassi banner, and hopefully we can see more out of him on the road and street courses, and hopefully it, good performances leading him, lead him up to building his confidence to possibly take on ovals next season, we'll see. From IndyCar to NASCAR now, and from California to Virginia, as the Cup, Xfinity, and Truck Series were all at Martinsville Speedway, the paperclip. And we'll start with the Xfinity Series, as it was another dominant performance for John Hunter Nemechek, leading 98 of 250 laps. And in terms of consistent speed... It didn't seem like there was anybody capable of beating him. There were some guys that came and went with the likes of Josh Berry, Cole Custer, Austin Hill leading laps. But no one seemed to have the out-and-out pace and out-and-out speed of John Anonimacek on the day. And when the field did get bunched up on cautions, his restarts were simply otherworldly. The final restart of the race... It seemed as though the moment his front wheels are within were inside the restart zone, he gunned it and was well clear of the man beside him heading into turn one. So far clear, in fact, that Sammy Smith behind him was able to get a run on Cole Custer. And it was just another amazing performance. From John Hunter Nemechek. And come playoff time. Come championship time. We are definitely going to be see, going to be seeing him in the number 20. 
up at the front challenging for the win and for the title this season, 100%. And on the topic of him and Sammy Smith, that is a 1-2 for JGR um, at the paperclip. As Sammy Smith was able to muscle his way into second in turns 3 and 4 um, on the final lap. Now, some other great runs for the race was Cole Custer in third. And if it wasn't for that nice move from Sammy Smith there, he probably would have finished in second. But another great finish for Cole Custer after having a couple rough races early on in the season. Then you have Junior Motorsports who get a 4th, 5th, and 6th place finish. With the only outlier being Sam Mayer. We'll get to him in a moment. And the team is starting to gain some momentum back. They unfortunately don't have a win up until this point in the season. But they're slowly starting to get there. And the final run, Derek Krause in 8th place. And... It's another top 10 for Collig Racing with both their cars finishing in the top 10. Kraus in 8th and Chandler Smith in 10th. Now, some unfortunate runs for the day. First, we'll start off with Alex LeBay. Stayed out during the late caution. Um, trying to use some track position and the difficulty of Martinsville to get passes completed. But he ended up being swallowed up by those on fresher tires. And... Ended up finishing outside of the top 20. And then the final one was combination a bit of Riley Herbst and Sam Mayer, who were both taken out in an incident involving Ryan Truex. Truex tried to go for a late move on the inside and uh, ended up catching Mayer, who then took Riley Herbst with him. It's unfortunate for Riley, and it's two races back to back after a string of top 10s where. He was involved in an incident out of his control and taken out of the race. Hopefully he's able to bounce back heading into Talladega. Um, But yeah, it's rather unfortunate for him and Sam Mayer. Now we move on to the Cup Series and this race was a bit of a rough one to watch. Now there was some action and it was a lot better than the spring and fall races for the cup series from last year but still not what you'd expect from a martinsville race and it's still rather lacking let's say the new package did provide some benefits but at martinsville not enough to really say it was a good race not like richmond There was some action, not much, and strategy really did dictate things for the most part. And you can see that from the winner of today's race, Kyle Larson took two tires in the final pit stop, was able to get a good restart, and then held off a charge, late race charge from Joey Logano, in order to get the victory, his first ever at Martinsville. And speaking of Logano, he's one of the good runs of the race. And after starting at the back due to changes that had to be made to the vehicle and and them having to fix a leak that they had found, started at the tail end of the field, 
but was able to make some headway not too much early on as he fell a lap down at two different instances in this race but final pit stop like Kyle Larson took two tires and was able to hold on to second place and it was a good run for him. it was a good recovery for him I should say and it kind of gives him some momentum going forward and it's a great finish for him and some good points another great run Stuart Haas Racing now unfortunately it's only one half as you had Chase Briscoe in fifth who led about 109 laps and then Eric Elmoral in sixth and it could have been better with the likes of Kevin Harvick and Ryan Priest up towards the front as well. And there was one point where you had all four Stuart Haas racing cars in the top 10. But an early speeding penalty for Priest and an issue for Harvick knocked them both back with Priest finishing in 12th and Harvick finishing 20th. But... Their speed and pace at Martinsville does lend to some momentum and hopefully some further good finishes for the entirety of Stuart Haas Racing. And hopefully you can see the likes of Chase Briscoe, Ryan Priest, and Eric Amarola being up closer to the front with the likes of Kevin Harvick on a more regular basis. Next up, we have Ricky Stenhouse Jr., another solid top 10 finish. Um, It seems as though that win at the Daytona 500 has sparked a flow of consistency for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. It hasn't been what you'd call outstanding or amazing, but he's been in in and around the top 10, top 15 for most, if not every single race of the season. And if it weren't for car issues and some other things, I think he'd have a lot more than just four top tens this season. Next one, Bubba Wallace having back-to-back good weekends after some troublesome races at Atlanta and Coda. But... This is the kind of finishes that the 23 teams needs to continue to build momentum and start continuing to move forward and get better and better and better. So, ninth place finish, good top 10 for the 23 and 2311 racing. And then finally, most popular driver, Chase Elliott, back after missing six weeks with a broken leg. First race back in the car, top 10 finish. Why am I not surprised? It's a great run from him. And I think this is just the beginning of his recovery. And I feel like we could be on the cards for a Kyle Busch style 2015 post-injury run from Chase Elliott. It wouldn't shock me if such a thing were to happen. Now for the unfortunate runs. Colleg Racing as a whole, not very quick today or at Martinsville. 27th and 28th for AJ Allmendinger and Justin Haley. 
Another team not doing so well, Legacy Motor Club. Noah Gregson and Eric Jones, 30th and 31st. Ever since they changed their name, really, that team has not really clicked. And it seemed like they've been on the back foot for the majority of this season so far. And then finally, Austin Sindrick, who kind of disappeared with his two other Penske teammates in the top 10. Sindrick was down in the lowly 33rd, and he just didn't seem to have it at all this weekend. And it's kind of unfortunate. And hopefully he can start to turn things around heading into Talladega. Now speaking of Dega, that's where the NASCAR parade heads next. Another super speedway, the third on the calendar. And while there is a bit of a pecking order being established, I think outside of maybe Hendrick, I think... Everything will get shuffled up a little bit. You'll see a little bit more 2311 outside of um, just Tyler Reddick. I think you'll see both 2311 cars up at the up towards the front. Um, you may see Joe Gibbs Racing up there. They do have a, a tendency of bringing really good super speedway packages um, to tracks like Talladega. Wouldn't be surprised if there is an RFK rebound as well. But there's going to be a lot of question marks heading into Talladega. And we'll see how many of them get answered. Now that is it for this episode of the Through the Gears podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, There should be Formula One coming very soon. Um... With this whole month off, it's been very discombobulating as to when they're going to be hitting the streets of Azerbaijan. I do believe it is not this coming weekend, but the next one. But that is it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys next time. (laughs) 